Hello and welcome to Is Mania's a podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with a brain and a robot, Josh Hemo. And then our special guest is someone who has her own magic pencil, if you know what I'm saying. It's me, Destiny. Woo, woo, woo. Welcome back, Destiny, to the podcast. It's Thank good to have you. Thank you for having me. We again. had so many people write in, and they were just like, if you don't bring Destiny back, we're, we're stopping the podcast. We'll shut it down for you. So. Yeah, they're going to hack us and stuff. So You're we brought us. you back. <laughs> Gotta do it for the fans, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if anyone's barely listening to this episode for the first time, this is our podcast where we talk about SpongeBob. And we watch SpongeBob, find little life lessons, and just, you know, talk about SpongeBob. And uh, this week we check out Season 2, Episode 14, Welcome to the Chum Bucket and Frankendoodle. Act one, welcome to the chum bucket. So this act, Mr. Krabs ends up playing cards with Plankton and bets SpongeBob in the card game. And guess what? He loses and Plankton is now SpongeBob's boss. But when Plankton tries to make SpongeBob make this delicious Krabby Patty for him, SpongeBob turns into a little bit of a diva and Plankton can't really handle it. So to start us all off, I just really want to mention that this is the episode. I did not know that it happened so early in all the seasons, but this is the song, This Grill Is Not A Home, and it is sad. It is sad, but it is one of the best songs to come out of Spongebob. It really is. Like, I had so many feels, and I, I you can listen to that over and over again. It's going to be on my Spotify playlist for a couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> I like how they even reference it in the episode. Like, Plankton's just like, what am I supposed to do? I can't. What does he say? He says all He's these. Something about the show tunes. All these show tunes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just have a burning question that I'm hoping y'all possibly might know the answer. What do you think Plankton wagered? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. Josh, you take it away. I think he would wager, like, shutting down the chum bucket, right? I feel like he has to be something extreme enough for Mr. Krabs to wager something as big as SpongeBob. And he already knew he was going to win. He was cheating the entire time and hustling Mr. Krabs so he can go all out. I like to think that Plankton, in all his evil, wagered to shut down Karen. See, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking something with Karen, like either Give him shutting Karen. her down or, yeah, giving Mr. Yeah. Krabs Karen. I could see that. Well, that'd be... That's creepy. I, don't, I wonder if Mr. Krabs knows about Karen. I don't. I feel like not a lot of people know that she exists. He's like the secret wife of Plankton. <laughs> oh, or maybe he wagered that SpongeBob robot of his. He'd be like, "Oh, you have two SpongeBob robots. You can have, you have two, two SpongeBob's. Sponge you can have two SpongeBob's. Hmm. There's yeah, too, that's too many. That's too many SpongeBob's. Not even Mr. Krabs <laughs> can handle that. And then Destiny's question, like, is kind of like a tangent to another question I had: is where did Plankton get all this money if the Chum Bucket does so shitty? Yeah, and how? Yeah, money, and then like, if he's so smart to have not only Karen but also build a robot and do like a brains transplant, like, what is he doing running the Chum Bucket if he's that smart? You know? Yeah, he could be doing other stuff. Like, Maybe it's just his dream, though. I mean, we see that. SpongeBob can be pretty smart and crafty, but his dreams to be a fry cook. So maybe Plankton's is just to run a restaurant, or maybe I'd still think there's some weird backstory that happened between Mr. Krabs and Plankton where they crossed paths. Like maybe when Plankton was in college, that forced them to have this rivalry with restaurants and yeah. stuff. Oh, I was gonna say in the episode, um, he does say that they've been doing it for 15 years. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not entirely sure how old they are currently or in that episode, but. Well well, I know for a fact in the newer episodes, there's a whole like backstory episode with Plankton and Mr. Krabs and how Mr. Krabs developed the Krabby, the first Krabby Patty. And that's where it like started the rivalry because they used to be best buds for homies. Mm. But, you know, sometimes bad it's blood just a way happens. to get there. Yeah. Um, I love how Plankton's like, what kind of cold hearted person would break apart a warm, loving relationship? And then immediately, like, crowbars SpongeBob to the chum bucket. <laughs> That's a small little lesson there, though. Like, having a crowbar is a super useful tool. 
to break apart people that love each other. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good to know if you ever need to like you know separate a child from their uh their pet, or your like pet. uh, uh <laughs> if you if you really don't like your parents together, you can use a crowbar to get get them get them apart. You know. There you go. Yeah, and just have it lying around in case zombies come. You know, little things. Yeah. Little thing, Thanks, yeah. Josh. That was a very heartwarming lesson you passed. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I think it's kind of jacked up. Why do you think Mr. Krabs decided to bet SpongeBob? Like, how much money was on the table already that he had to even sweeten the pot with SpongeBob? See, that like plays back into Destiny's question. It had to be something really extreme, right? Yeah. Or Plankton put the seed in his head, right? Uh, some mind games yeah he's yeah. just like well i bet you would never just bet spongebob and then he cheated i don't know i think plankton uh he should have waited out for something even be- better or just ask for something better i feel yeah. like if he spongebob was probably the poorest choice he could have made if he was playing this long con right yeah like crabby patty recipe yeah if he was cheating the whole time like why didn't he just cheat his way to getting that yeah the recipe or, or the actual like crusty crab exactly yeah. anything <laughs> yeah cuz he could have had the crusty crab and then i think having the crusty crab by then then spongebob would have to cook the crabby patty but that's something we always see with plankton is like he seems like he's this like evil genius still, but he's not i don't think he is i think he's just as dumb as a lot of the people there in bikini bottom yeah he's like so smart he's dumb Exactly. <laughs> how so? I have a question. How much money would it take you both to like, like play against your worst enemy? Like, Mister Krabs meets up with someone who regularly breaks into his establishment <laughs> and tries to take his stuff, but he's just like he's the worst card player ever, and I make tons of money. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's know a tough either. One. Yeah. Because I don't have like really like hardcore enemies, but there are yeah. people I'm like, I don't want to be around you. you know? So like how much would like the minimum have to be for this betting for you to want to Make even it be worth in it. that situation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I'm pretty cheap. 100 yeah. bucks, maybe 50 bucks. I also, <laughs> yeah. I also don't like gambling. <laughs> also, yeah. <laughs> why, why not? How come you don't like gambling? I just... Like, I've been to Vegas once, and, like, I remember playing the penny slots, and I won $10, and I was like, I'm done. Like, I won. That's fine. I find. You're on top of the world. <laughs> I'm on top of the world. I just won 10 bucks. Um, I don't know. I guess it's the, it gives me anxiety. This is kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's a good lesson in itself, is don't gamble anything you're not willing to lose. Yeah. And I said, um, like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Because, mm-hmm. like, Mr. Krabs put, like, all his faith in, like, winning, so that's why he bet SpongeBob, but then Plankton was, like, put all his eggs in the SpongeBob basket, if you will, and, like, that mm-hmm. obviously didn't work out for him. So much sass out of SpongeBob. Right? Yes. This is the sassiest I've ever seen SpongeBob. Yeah, I love how he does, like, that that talking face where he's like, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, <laughs> I do that all the time to... <laughs> people when they're not looking but not to their face that was like pettiness 100 <laughs> percent. it definitely was i did think that uh plankton was pretty nice to give mr Krabs his arms back when he did tear them <laughs> yeah. apart i was like the one was redeeming factor of, of plankton in this entire episode is that he did one nice thing <laughs> yeah super polite of him <laughs> plankton's high-tech kitchen really reminds me i don't know have you seen those like robots that make like hamburgers or pancakes and stuff that they're coming out with no Mm-mm. okay so like in like different countries i i know there's like i think one in japan where like a robot like makes like egg omelets or something but there's like places in america Ooh. too where they're like you can have a robot burger where like the robot builds the burger the burger or like bread and stuff like that that scares me i just like that freaks me out and i think that SpongeBob was a good predictor of that like that future, you know, where you got burgers with arms trying to crawl out of your robot oven. Yeah, a lot of like <laughs> sentience. Like even the dream plankton had sentience. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's it's not a creepy. Well, you see, like I think the best sentient thing we see is Karen, 
and I wrote down that like behind every man is like a strong female, right? And that's what like Karen had the good idea to use the SpongeBob to get whatever. Like she was the one telling Plankton how to like get what he wanted. I appreciate that. I feel like if you just listen, but then he took her idea and it made it his own. Like sounds like a typical male. man to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think those vibrating shoes that SpongeBob asked for would be comfy? I was just about to ask that question. What was the point yeah. of them vibrating? It's like a foot massage when you walk. Yeah. Have you? Ever, I, I don't know if it's in the malls or in the at like carnivals. Have you ever seen those massager feet things where it just like vibrates your feet? It's like a big old metal thingy. I, I feel like it feel like, like that. I seen like at airports and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! When when plankton was moving the stove. What Hulk-like strength from one of his such a small being. He's like an ant. <laughs> yeah, he's like Ant-Man. Yeah. He could kill Thanos. <laughs> Man, don't spoil it. It comes out tonight. Spoilers. It came, it came out tonight, and well, I didn't get to see it, even though my wonderful friend Jose bought me a ticket. I had to womp. go to work. Womp womp. Rip. Yeah. Anyways, let's distract <laughs> me from my sadness. <laughs> So how do, you, how do you guys feel about um, like managing techniques? Because we see in this episode, it's like I think that's a big thing that Plankton comes across is like either exercising compassion and understanding, or having like a stronger hand and being more forceful to get things done. And I've experienced like running crews and stuff and seeing the merits of both. But I wonder what you guys think. What's I agree better? With I don't think one is better than the other. I think you have to have a good balance of both, and then also know who you're working with. Um, like, I feel like if Plankton was your employee, you would do more of like the stir and talking to, but like, as you mm -hmm. can see with SpongeBob, you need that compassion for him to do stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know. For, for me, it's very much like if you can't work, like if I have to twist your arm to do a job, it's like, I can just get someone else to do the job. So like for me, like a managing style that's like very straightforward and like like you have to do this or whatever or like you know, really stern isn't mm -hmm. super necessary. Cause it's like the people who are work your the people who you have employed should be like willing to do the things that you want them to do. Right. Like they should want to work when they get there. Obviously if you don't have an option, like all you have is that like couple people on your crew and that's what you got for the day to get a job done like and they aren't aren't cooperating like how how would you handle that slap like you can't just fire them and go find new people i, I told you i just slap them <laughs> so you get the f you say get the fuck if you're not here to work then why are you here and i would i don't know maybe i would just chew them out in front of other people mm. Like I'm not technique. a huge fan. Yeah, the the shame technique. The you're just like technique. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! It just means they're gonna blow no. you up. Because <laughs> there's a, there's such a huge dynamic of like respect between like obviously, like Mr. Krabs and Plankton, like both. I'm sure started out treating SpongeBob like pretty similar. Mm -hmm. You know, Plankton only resorted to like. And I, I think it's like a kid. Like, you don't give a kid, like, whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And not because, like, you don't love them. It's because, like, then they expect whatever the, like, hell you give them. You you're know? creating, like, you're creating boundaries. Yeah. 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 I don't know. So, I think it's just that respect. That was, like, one small thing that I saw is, like, you, you have to earn that respect. And SpongeBob has always loved the, like, Krusty Krab because of Mr. Krabs and was something that he built. He doesn't give a crap about the chum bucket. And in turn, he yeah. doesn't give a crap about Plankton, you know? Like, mm -hmm. at least in that capacity. Yeah. And do you think the entire time that SpongeBob was just playing Plank Plankton, like, that, or was he actually being a diva? I don't know. I think he, I think he took advantage of the situation because he knew, like, a little bit of both, I guess. Mm. Like, because obviously that wasn't very, like, characteristic of SpongeBob to be that sassy and much of a diva. But, like, he knew he could, so, like, why not do it? <laughs> oh, that brings me to something I had, like, watching the thing, is one small lesson I I got was if you have negotiation power, use it. I feel like this is a perfect example of SpongeBob, like, 
knowing something that Plankton wants and then getting what he wants because Plankton wants it. And I feel like a lot of like lower level employees don't ever utilize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because like even yo, you're at a new job and I told I've, I've told this to people before when they start a new job. I was like, even even if you like have no job and you're applying for one, you have negotiation power depending mm-hmm. on what they're doing. If you see like a job, like I have a friend who's looking for a job right now and they're like super desperate for a person. And it's like, if they're desperate, then that means they're more willing to pay you. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially if you're like, you know, in round three of like the interviews, it's like, okay, they've already put so much work into you as a employee or a potential employee that imagine if you had to start the whole like job search over again because the person you picked was like, Nah, you're not paying me enough. Yeah, right. And like, don't be a weenie about it, but like, you, like, you can still find that healthy middle. And I think SpongeBob definitely took way too much advantage of it. But I think, in the end, he wanted to be back at the Krusty Krab. And yeah. I think there was a little bit of him doing that on purpose. It's hard to tell with SpongeBob because it's hard to see sometimes that he would have malicious intent like that. Like he would purposely be a brat to Plankton. Because I never, like, he's so innocent and pure most of the time, so it doesn't seem like he'd do something like that. But in order to get back to the Krusty Krab and, like, get back at Plankton, I can definitely see him being, act the way he did. Do crazy things for love. Do crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> Another small lesson that I saw was that everyone should aspire to love your job as much as SpongeBob loves working at the Krusty Krab. Fuck yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. It's like what I was talking about. Everyone should... I don't know. People, I don't get it when people go into work and if they're like, they don't want to work. It's like, why are you there? I understand maybe just to collect a paycheck, but then find something else yeah. to get to get that money. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of like having to make money. And I think there's like, for a lot of people, it's about expectations too. And like mm-hmm. some people are stuck doing jobs because other family members pressure them into doing that. It's like a family gig or like their friends are all doing this and their friends want them to be doing the same job they're doing. So you feel like you have to be obligated to do it too. I think it's like a lot of different expectations, but I think it's like what we're all getting at is that you got to do what makes you happy. And like, that's what SpongeBob in the end, that's like what SpongeBob had to do, right? He had to act Mm -hmm. like a brat in order to get what he wanted because it would make him happy. And he's not going to be miserable for the rest of his life working at the chum bucket. And it's works so much that like, even his own brain in a different body <laughs> embodied that. Sorry, it's a hairball. Um, <laughs> it's puberty, stop lying. <laughs> Yikes. You're pubing out. Pubing out. <laughs> um, I want to talk about like the very end of the episode where we see Mr. Krabs kind of closing up the Krusty Krab. It's crazy to think that his success is so based around SpongeBob that without SpongeBob, he'd have to close the restaurant. That's insane because. I mean, isn't the very, first, very, very first episode of SpongeBob like him hiring SpongeBob? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what, like, did, what, did, what did he do before this? How they function, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's like a bit of a mess. Like, and then like Plankton was so oblivious to the whole thing, and I just don't get it. Like you telling me that you can't, you can't be behind the grill and help your business. He was gone like what a day, maybe. Maybe. Day and a half. But we we I mean even during the song montage we see Mr. Krabs behind the grill. Yeah, with those astral projections. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, another example of their godlike powers. Astro projecting Ooh. While singing to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it it is a power we haven't seen before. <laughs> well, we kinda saw it in the dream episode, I guess. A little we bit were, like this was Jobs like, dream hopping. Yeah. This is literally just like projecting your like an image of yourself like you didn't go to sleep or anything he got stronger <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys ready for the bubble break yep. bubble break you miss the bubble breaks destiny i do well i mean i don't miss them because i listen to y'all but so i'm like answering them in my head while i hear y'all <laughs> good save good save <laughs> The last bubble break you were part of, you uh, tried to defend Texas. I don't think you did a good enough job. You gotta yeah. get a rematch going. Maybe another time. <laughs> so, so Josh, what are we talking about this week's so bubble break? This week's bubble break, we're going to stick on the theme of gambling, which is everyone's favorite thing to do. <laughs> and we're going to yeah. discuss what is it that you 
are willing like what's the biggest thing you're willing to gamble away or like what's the like scariest thing that you could lose while gambling that's a very difficult question it is is a really difficult question because it's like unless you know what the stakes are right there's no way to really put that's like we talked about the episode it's hard like we don't know what plankton put up for mr krabs to put up with spongebob as the stake no I, i said like if it's something that you could bet like if you could bet like memories or like even skills i think that would be more interesting for me like i if like you could like oh, okay omar your ability to like light and shoot <laughs> shoot and do everything <laughs> for your like your entire career you know doing like all my camera stuff like i don't know i think i would be afraid to bet that because like other bets i think would be like people and i don't feel i feel weird beating like betting other people <laughs> yeah i feel like the scariest bet um like depending on the wager would be like your significant other or, like family members but that like that seems really scary for obvious reasons yeah um i'm trying to think of just like an like i'm trying to think of something like lowballing to where like just an object like a sentimental item that would be like hard to give up but that like, you can easily bet you know what i mean my yeah. baby teeth. My I'm baby gonna bet, teeth. My, I'm going to bet, bet all my baby teeth. <laughs> <laughs> my collection of baby teeth. No, I don't know. Like, I think, I think our thing is that, you know, Destiny and I just aren't materialistic like you, Josh. So I don't it. know what we would bet. <laughs> what would you bet? If I, like, the my, like, most precious item, probably. Yeah. Like materialistic wise, probably be like my, I guess like laptop. I think. I don't know. It's expensive Hmm. and like runs most of my life. So, yeah, I guess mine would be like my phone. Yeah, but even a phone's more replaceable. Like I can easily like go buy another phone. I guess. Yeah. Well, maybe you can't replace it. Yeah. Maybe it's your last phone forever. That's it. Life. You have to bet no more phones <laughs> forever. Yeah. No, you bet your your privilege to use the phone. <laughs> to use a ah. cell phone. Oh. Yeah. See? So that'd be tough. That'd be tough. If I was I couldn't do If that. I was a genie, I would be really good at this because then I or like Satan. Oh, just I'd, be, I'd be if I was Satan, I'd be really it, good at it. Yeah, I'd be, I'd I was be really devil. good at it, but like <laughs> if I was the devil, I'd be really good at Giving bargains to people, I feel. Casual thoughts. <laughs> Just be like, don't, like, no, no, you can't bet your phone. You got to bet the ability to use your phone. <laughs> and then you shake on it. And then I have your soul. That's good. Well, yeah. I guess, like, on a, on a, like, more theoretical sense, if it's not a possession, which one of your five senses would you bet away? Oh. Mm-hmm. Do you need a reminder, Omar? You look confused. What the five <laughs> yeah, give me, get, please, off the top of your head, Josh, please recite the five senses. Sight, That's smell, one. taste, Two, touch, three. and hearing. What about umami? <laughs> get out of oh, here. Oh, wait, those are, those are about the flavors. Get out of here. Um, so I think touch would be dangerous. Dangerous to give up. Yeah. Yeah. I think smell, smelling. But then it, I feel like it's weird because smell impacts your taste, right? Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, smell impacts your taste. So that's like a double whammy. Yeah. That's a Satan deal. (laughs) (laughs) See, I told you, I'd be good at it. What? You chose that for yourself. You're not good at it. (laughs) If I got taste, okay, I guess which one of those has more of an effect? Because like, I really like listening to music. I think um, it's a personal like, question. It's like what has more yeah. effect on your own life? Like, no, I mean, like what has more for? effect, like like your taste or your smell on eating? So, like, if I was like, if I took a bite of a hamburger and I didn't have my smell, would it taste the same? It wouldn't taste the same, but like, you would you still know? taste something. I would still I taste something. A, I don't think the taste would be as good or extreme. I think is how it works with smell. Yeah, because yeah. isn't I, like if you don't like want to taste something, you hold your nose. Your nose, yeah, yeah. I like, you I never think, taken a very... shot and like hold your nose while you're taking a no, shot. No, because I don't. <laughs> when I take shots, I don't take them like that. 
Like I go what? ham. <laughs> like a little Balls weenie. <laughs> no, but that's true. Yeah, you do hold your nose. I forgot. Yeah, I done that when I was like a kid. You're eating vegetables. You hold your nose so you don't taste them. That's tough. No, I, 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 th- I still think smell for me. I, would, I think I would do smell. I, I think it'd be okay <laughs> with like having less taste in general. And like, I feel like the main reason I noticed the sense of smell is when something smells bad. And exactly. if I don't smell yeah. bad things, then that's okay. Then you could like take a poop and not feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> you just You're be right. Like, You're right. I pick smell as well. <laughs> Lord Voldemort was just ahead of the game. He just like already got He's rid like, of his nose. He knew. He that's knew. the next step for evolution. <laughs> so smart. Oh my God. Act two. And arguably one of the most famous episodes of SpongeBob. Oh yeah, Frankendoodle. So we are joined by watching this artist out at sea, trying to find inspiration on the ocean. He drops his pencil, and the pencil falls right around SpongeBob and Patrick. They realize it's a magic pencil; it brings things to life. And in order to play a prank on Squidward, he or SpongeBob draws a doodle of himself who comes to life and causes shenanigans throughout the episode until they get rid of him so to start off how do you guys feel your doodle personality would act do you think it would be mischievous like spongebob's was or do you think it'd be a different kind of alter ego of yourself i have a strong not strong i have like a theory about the episode already like on why Doodle Bob is the way that he is. Mm-hmm. Tell us more. Let's, right, let's hear it. Uh, okay, so Spill for me, I see it as like, you know, art is a reflection of the person who makes it. Yeah. So like, I feel like SpongeBob has like all this aggression that he never lets out. And when he drew it into Doodle Bob, it just happened. Like, I don't, I don't, be- I don't believe that whole like stuck in. Like, oh, he's a two-dimensional person stuck in a three-dimensional world, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it was all SpongeBob's artistic anger. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. See, I think yeah. on a on an even more meta level, I feel like it's the writers or animators of SpongeBob who are the angsty ones because it's weird that the pencil is able to erase things in Bikini Bottom. Uh-huh. And it, yeah. to me, that means that Bikini Bottom itself is another drawing, right? Where it yeah. wouldn't be able to erase anything in the real world that we see above the ocean, but underneath it all of a sudden can erase things. So it's kind of interesting that maybe it is a more meta thing. It's the frustrations of the actual artists behind it. See, I even have a theory about that too on why it can erase everything. So, because I was thinking more and more about uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, right? Mm-hmm. And how they have magical powers. I'm starting to believe that every human object has magical powers. Yeah. Like, think of the Krusty Krab. It's a human lobster trap. Yeah, it's like the most successful restaurant in Bikini Bottom. I guess so. It's just odd to me that the pencil itself is not animated. It's like purposely a like literally like just like a picture of a regular pencil, right? a Photoshop pencil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like the only like we've seen things fall from the sky before or whatever. Like we've seen man-made objects before, like the hooks and stuff. But this is the very first one that is actually still like a real life picture of what it is because it still has all the magic in it it still has all the human magic in it so something about bikini bottom sucks the human magic and makes it animated is what you're saying Uh uh-huh exactly work in theory i need more evidence but it's coming or i think y'all mentioned this like in a couple episodes ago where like they're just all very high yeah, that could be it too. <laughs> it's all a fever dream. That's it definitely my could be. I mean, I would be, I would be surprised. They're a bunch of artists. Artists will get high all the time. It's fine. <laughs> but to answer your question, Josh, I do think that my doodle version of me would be a lot meaner and more aggressive. Okay. How about you, yeah, Destiny? I think mine would be more confident. I was not thinking it'd be, it'd be like how I act when I'm drunk, I think. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's ex- yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mine's going to be a <laughs> depressed mess. Well, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on real quick. Let's not, let's, let's glaze over that real quick. <laughs> to Here a you happy, go. happier subject. Next, um, next what's your, subject. What's your uh, rock, paper, scissors strategy? Oh. 
I, mine changes per person. Mm-hmm. Mm. Why? How so? I just I look at them and I think, what are they gonna throw? And then I just throw what I think they're gonna. Yeah, so I, cat- I throw the weakness cat- to that. You categorize people. You're like, oh, you're a rock person. You're definitely gonna throw a rock. Uh, yeah. Okay, Josh. On on a piece of paper, I want you to write down <laughs> what you would throw. Okay. I wrote it and down then in I'm my gonna... mind. No, that's cheating. You gotta write it down. I'll write it down in my notes. I don't waste trees of this. I'm yeah. conscious, okay? Have you seen Little Dickie's right. tr- Earth video? It changes your oh, life. So It really does. I watched it today. <laughs> God. All, All right, did right. you type it down? I did. You threw rock. What did that say? I can't. Scissors, damn it! Mother... <laughs> <laughs> My favorite right. clip on the internet is this like Japanese no it's yeah I think it's a Japanese game show where they like they go what what ah! and they all and they basically play rock paper scissors <laughs> and this girl ends up winning and she's like crying and it's like she's so <laughs> happy that she won I'm going to send it to both of you it's one of my favorite things in the Shout world. out to Japanese game shows I love them they're oh. so ridiculous and incredible <laughs> Yeah MXC Oh my gosh, that was so good. <laughs> oh yeah, that's too good. So Dest- Destiny, you get a chance to answer, Omar. Give her a chance. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> what was my answer? Your rock, paper, scissors oh, strategy. Oh, my rock, paper, um, I kind of go with the Patrick approach and kind of do the same thing until it sticks. <laughs> but then what if the other person like <laughs> notices that strategy? You know? It's like mind games, though. They're like, oh, this person game. can't possibly be dumb enough to play the same thing over and over again until you exactly. are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what did you feel? How did you feel about uh, Squidward's magic? Well, Patrick's magic mustache <laughs> and then Squidward's hair. I, Come to Harry. Personally, I love it. <laughs> you, what, you love the mustache, Destiny, or the hair? The hair. <laughs> but not the mustache? No. I think... <laughs> I liked how it gave Squidward confidence, like yeah. essentially a unibrow on his forehead. Um, like just gave him so much confidence and just to like be fancy. I think it was like a good, uh, uh, I like the, I like that you brought up the confidence because I think there's a big difference between Squidward's normal confidence and like, I feel like this was true confidence that yes. he had. He actually, well, it's it's interesting because I feel like we all have one thing about ourselves that we don't like, right? Mm-hmm. And for Squidward, I think it clearly, he brings up a lot about how he wishes he had hair or some sorts. And I think that's for him, it's like his kryptonite. He That's the one thing that makes him so like self-conscious about everything he does. And pessimistic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of being like self-conscious, do you think that like, it's on purpose why Doodle Bob has like misshapen eyes and like misshapen fingers. Like deep down, SpongeBob is a little self conscious of that because we, I don't know if the episode already happened, but when he draws like perfectly, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, that, that's yeah, later on. That's, huh? that's later on, it's but later like in he, the season, yeah. It's yeah, out. he yeah. like draws a perfect circle and draws like a perfect Squidward essentially. But like when he draws Doodle Bob, like he has two different shaped eye, circle eyes, and like. Two different like fingers. Body dysmorphia oh going on. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, do you yeah. think SpongeBob has body dysmorphia? Maybe. Maybe. Oh my god. That puts like a whole new perspective <laughs> on all the things that like Patrick, Patrick says saying. to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause he was being so rude. Yeah. Patrick was again, oh. he's just a very poor friend this entire season. <laughs> yeah, he kind of dropped the ball as, as a friend. Yeah. I do like his attitude when he loses his mustache though. He is just like nonchalant about it. And he's just, he was happy. He's still happy. He didn't need, he has the the perfect confidence, I feel. <laughs> Patrick? Patrick is so yeah. odd in this episode. He has like so this like wisdom about artists and everything. Like everything is like, psh, artist or what does he say? Uh, it's, he like looks at SpongeBob's jellyfish and is like, it's lacking basic construction and your perspective leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> like who, who I mean, are you? <laughs> who is this man who's this starfish but the thing is like that's like actually pretty good criticism like if i was an art student and i got that i'd be like wow like maybe you don't have to agree with it but at least it's well thought out but that's what i'm saying like where did it come from like why is he smart all of a sudden who knows one thing that i i instantly started laughing and it wasn't 
just because like it was funny in the show is when Doodle Bob draws on draws on his eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of all like the girls I see who have to draw on their, their eyebrows. <laughs> I don't know. My sister watches a lot of like um beauty channel YouTube stuff. And a couple of them are mentioning it like it's just more fun to draw on your eyebrows because like you can make them look however you want instead of having to like pluck and shave and do whatever. But I don't I don't see the appeal like every day. No, that seems right. like a lot of work. Right? It seems more than just maintaining your hair, your eyebrows yeah. that are already there. I have, my question is well, I luckily we've all been gifted by the brown people gene where we all have pretty thick eyebrows bushy eyebrows yeah <laughs> yeah but uh so if you had to draw on your eyebrows what uh what expression would you draw them in like a surprise like oh <laughs> i think go no eyebrow i think i want to be a talking point i want people to be like look at that no eyebrow guy over there wonder what's up with him my ta one of my film classes in freshman year had no eyebrows and i did honestly didn't even notice huh. interesting so i think i could go no eyebrow but I think I I would like to do like the like raised eyebrow like one the up, rock like, like the all rock? the time yeah but like not like the rock is more like I'm gonna f- kill you so you better watch out I'm looking for you like kind of raised <laughs> eyebrow but like I want like the raised eyebrow that's like a classy like hmm like I'm th- I'm always thinking about something I want it to be you want, you want the, the illusion time. of intelligence like hmm yeah exactly <laughs> gotcha I get it <laughs> <laughs> but you destiny what eyebrows do you want. What eyebrows do I want? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Because, like, I mean, I don't even do my eyebrows currently. So. She's <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a, like, full unibrow. This is, like, a full unibrow. Yeah. Like, I want the Squidward hair, but, like, on my forehead. I think you could pull that off. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> next, next time you go out, just draw it on. Okay. I'll send you some eyebrow pencils. <laughs> okay, please do. <laughs> and, th- and then we can get a tattoo to your forehead. <laughs> so I really don't have to ever do it again. Uh, so I have a question for you guys. Um, do you think that materialistic objects or like, a cer- like certain things can change your personality completely? We see it in this episode specifically with Squidward when he gets his hair, he gets all his confidence. We also see it with Gary. Just by wearing that crown, he's all of a sudden like this regal meowing snail. So I'm wondering, is there like an object that you would receive that would kind of change your personality or like something that, you know, would make you change who you are? I got to think about it for a second. It's it's tough, right? Yeah. Because like for Squidward, it's clearly his hair and he gets all this confidence. For Gary, maybe he wants to be more respected or more praised that's why he likes being a prince i don't know if something that will completely change my personality but i think on a smaller level like just having a nice outfit like Mm -hmm. just to give you like oh i look good like i'm about to go out and i feel good like just kind of giving you that boost of confidence yeah that makes sense i think it's always nice yeah it's it's kind of crazy because people are like oh it's not good to fall into materialism and stuff like that but it is kind of crazy to see if just by looking good or like having small materialistic stuff, like having a nice outfit, how much that mm-hmm. can boost your confidence or how much that can change you to actually be a better person sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. on Queer Eye. Every time they get like a new outfit. I think Queer Eye is a, yeah, that's a very good like example. Just, like, it is a good example. They yeah. walk different and they like look 10 times younger. Yeah. Although I feel like most of the, the younger part is from the, is from Jonathan being so beautiful with, with a pair of shears but uh i do think as soon as tan gets them that nice outfit just walking around looking sexy you know for me personally it would probably be a sous vide cooker it's like i I cook whatever the i want so you still you still you still look like a hobo but you're like i'm so fancy i got the sous vide cooker (laughs) no because then i'd be like hey you want this steak perfect medium rare let me just vacuum bag it and put it in a sous vide cooker <laughs> and you know what i'm gonna instagram that too because you see and be able to eat it and everyone will be jealous start your own youtube <laughs> channel <laughs> yeah what can we sous vide today <laughs> omar sous vide's blank and then we'll just find it it's good i guess that's like the whole thing behind that is that it's a little lesson that there 
is a point to being materialistic sometimes. And if it means that it's going to boost your confidence and make you feel better, like even in the kitchen, like having the sous vide, the sous vide cooker, or like having a new outfit, like it's important. If these things that you want are good goals to have in life, I think. Go out and get them, guys. Yeah. And girls and my non binary friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One thing uh, I want to ask is how does a hand use the bathroom? Oh my and, God. Yes. <laughs> and why does it do it in the dark? Have you seen Scary Movie 3? The aliens pee out of their finger. But it's how does it thing. do it in the dark? <laughs> why does it have to be the. Because they turn on the light in every other. Every other floor, but but that floor, <laughs> and then you just hear the bathroom flush, and I'm like, why are you using the restroom in pitch black? Maybe it's blind. It has just like echolocation. It feels the vibrations <laughs> on its fingers, and that's where it knows where everything's at. It just crawled into the toilet, like the thing from uh, from Adam's was family. And his family yeah. just put his hand straight in the toilet, and it was just like, ah, I'm done. <laughs> also, while we're on the topic of a bathroom. Do you think if they erase SpongeBob's butt crack, he can still poop? No, I think he'd die. <laughs> I feel like he has multiple holes, so would the poop just come out a different hole? Ooh, this is like some weird fanfic stuff that I'm not okay with. <laughs> did he did he draw back his butt before he like send up the pencil? I would assume so when like he they they ripped them in so. half when he erased them in half. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd hope he so, did, right? Yeah. I'd hope he draw his butt back. <laughs> That's the second time we've seen SpongeBob's butt, though. It's pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> Got some good lift to it. Um, I do like SpongeBob's um, how he gets all crazy when he finally erases Doodle Bob or erases most of Doodle Bob. He's like, "I am SpongeBob, destroyer of evil." He's like hyperventilating and stuff. Yeah, he got really into it. Yeah. yeah. You see some dark parts of SpongeBob. Yeah, maybe a little bit of Doodlebob, like, you know, stayed with SpongeBob. Right. He I'm destroyed you- his dark self, and now that went into him, he became, mm-hmm. he embodied that. Whoa. Now I'm just saying <laughs> that dark self was always in him. Yep. He just, he manifested it with the pencil. Which and then it? he did a bunch of Green Lantern by like drawing a bunch of objects, and it was crazy. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like this SpongeBob. It's too much anger in him. Okay. Um, I have a question for Uh, Mm y'all. What do you think the other rules of the artist at sea are? (laughs) Well, we know rule number one is always bring a spare pencil. And then number two, always bring a sharpener, right? Sharpener. Number three, I think, would be sunscreen. Okay. Because he needed some. Uh, How many of them do you need? I say the top five. The top bring five. bring extra paper, Ooh, extra, extra paper. paper. Yep. Yeah, I would put that in front of sunscreen, and then uh, let's see. And I think number like, I don't know. Another one would be know your way back. If you're just like mindlessly <laughs> <laughs> sailing off to sea, <laughs> know how to get back. He didn't even have an oar. I didn't see an oar in that boat anywhere. Yeah, he was kind yeah. of <laughs> sol. I wonder if the pencil is magic for him. Maybe that's why he was out in the middle of nowhere so he can kill his creations before they get to land. Drowns them. (laughs) Maybe he was drawing an oar. Ooh. Ooh. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing I want to talk about before we we head to the big lesson is how do we feel about SpongeBob and Patrick creating life and then immediately trying to destroy (laughs) it? I think this is like a typical like trope that we see in a lot of sci-fi you know people yeah, make clones sure. people make like zombie virus and stuff like that and they're like well we got to destroy this now and i i don't know it's always like this weird existential existential question you know even in the you know i'll talk about it in big big because that's kind of the big lesson because i it's kind of what you touch on but mm-hmm. um it is a weird thing right like what's your responsibility as a creator to destroy something that is inherently destructive right one thing that always stresses me out is like you see it a lot in sci-fi like like you said but like a lot of people make sims and they just kill their sims and if we find out in the future that like AI gets sentience will they hold that against us? Will they be like hey you made like an imaginary character out of zeros and ones and I made out of zeros and ones and then I don't know I get too existential about it. Like is Siri in the future going to be like hey you remember the sims me. that you 
Remember the Sims you killed and created? That was those were my children. <laughs> and then they ter- send the Terminator for you. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. Hopefully, I'll be dead by then. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about like creating something and then it, like even if it was like a drawing. I feel like and it in, came to life in a in a like grand scheme kind of way. It is your responsibility. Like, mm-hmm. like with parents, if your kids acting up, it's not you're not going to kill your kid. Like, you're not going to go that extreme. But you, it is it is your responsibility to discipline your child and make sure that they act correctly because they you're the ones that brought them up. You're the one who created them. So I think in the same way that in this way, it's your responsibility to make sure your creation is good. I guess I'll just erase my kid's butt crack. So he <laughs> <laughs> no more pooping for you. Okay, y'all, time for the big lesson. Woo-woo, big lesson. I love the y'all. <laughs> y'all. Y'all. <laughs> Very uh, Texas, I love it. Thank you. Just keeping up with, you know, a theme. So I got for the big lesson is be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we see in the first act, Plankton, I mean, he's been wishing for the Krabby Patty form- formula, and then he gets the next best thing, which is the person who makes the Krabby Patty but as we find out, it doesn't turn out so well from him. Um, and then in the second act, I feel like SpongeBob and Patrick like wished, not necessarily wished, but found all this power. Mm-hmm. And then that also like bit them in the head. Yeah. I mean, like their drawings were kind of like their wishes, right? Yeah, essentially yeah, like, like, yeah. I like that. Josh, what you got? I got something similar and I think that's why we kind of like seg- I wanted to segue before I got too much into it. Um, but mm-hmm. it's like, be careful what you create because you're responsible for your creations and stuff. And I think this plays a lot into a lot in what we do nowadays as like in social media and with like YouTube and the videos and what artists create and stuff. You are responsible for that content and it's up to you to moderate it in a way to make sure that you're not being offensive or you're not creating something that is going to be destructive, I guess, in a grander scheme of things, right? Because there's a lot of YouTubers, yeah. there, a lot of people out there who like do make shows, songs, whatever, and end up being used for hate groups or whatever, right? And yeah. I think it's important for that, for that artist then to step in and be like, no, you can't be using this. And a lot of people have done that with Trump. Like Trump's trying to use his, their music for his campaign and stuff. They're like, no, you can't be using my material for your messages. I think that's important yeah. as an artist and whatever you have to be responsible for whatever you create. And again, like I said, with parents, it's the same way. You're responsible for your child and how they get brought up and stuff. And I'm glad you brought that up because I just recently saw, well, partially saw the documentary uh, American Meme. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. on Netflix and it's all about like, you know, all these influencers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot of the content, like some of them make, like some of them are like, I don't even know why I make this. I just make it because. It gets me funny, <laughs> and like they they interview Paris Hilton, and then she, they talk about like, well, you know, everything that you do is like, like on the internet now, compared to how it was before. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just a very different time to be alive, and like the whole idea of influencers is so recent, like within the last like two or three years, really, that we have yeah. the people who are like, this, you're an influencer, you can make money by just posting pictures on Instagram and influencing people and what they do. It's so crazy. And you have to be responsible yeah. for that. Yeah. And it's so crazy to see that, like, not only are they like influencing like some products and like their brand, like, I feel mm-hmm. like they're also influencing like the younger generation of aspiring to be an influencer. Yeah. Like, I've yeah. seen so many videos of like younger kids. Instead of being like, oh, I want to be a teacher. Like, oh, I want to be the president. And be like, oh, I want to be a YouTube influencer. Yeah, it's so crazy. What's what's like, I've never heard it. Like, growing up, that was never a thing. Like, when YouTube first started, I would never imagine that people would want to be a professional YouTuber or a professional model on Instagram, right? It's so different. And it's like, the thing is now, the thing is now, too, it's like, being a celebrity is a completely different thing than how it used to be. Before, it was Mm -hmm. like, I'm a famous musician. So I am a celebrity. Now you can be like, I'm famous, so I'm a celebrity. Yeah. And that like you didn't really have to have like a skill. <laughs> you or like not even a skill or like a uh you didn't have to have like a job 
yeah. and then got famous from the job. You kind of just got famous, and then being famous was your job. And that always blows blows my mind that we live in that age today where so many people are like that. Yeah. It's nuts. What'd you get? Well, for mine, I got find the place where you fit in best so you can be happy. Because I think it's very... Like very easily, SpongeBob was like, "I have this perfect replica of the Krusty Krab, but you know, this girl is not home, you know." Mm-hmm. And then, uh, same thing with Doodle Bob. He was stuck in this. You know, I know I was giving it earlier, but he really was stuck in a three-dimensional world as a two-dimensional being, and he did get happier when he was finally on paper. Whether that means his soul was trapped in that paper, I don't really know. I don't want to dive into it. But I feel like we can can take a, a lesson and maybe like, you know, find a spot where we're where we fit, we fit in and we're happy. Because I feel like a lot of times sure. we try to you know, it's a lot of like uh square pegs and round holes. We're trying to fucking just force it in. Yeah, it's, it's like, about it's about like finding your tribe and stuff is I hear that a lot lately. Yeah. It's about like finding where you belong and making sure you're comfortable and happy. And that's where you'll flourish and succeed most. All right. So that's the end of this week's episode. If you want to send us anything, any suggestions or comments or, you know, hate mail, whatever you want to send, you can do that. <laughs> Ismaidisapodcast.com or email us at ismaidisapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And also be sure to share with your friends and enemies and to comment on Apple Podcasts and or Stitcher. And I just want to say thank you, especially for everyone and especially to Omar and Destiny. Um, By the time you guys listen to this episode, it'll be May 1st and it'll be a year since we released our first episode of Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. And so this is kind of a big occasion. Yeah. So this is like really cool that we've been doing this for a year. It's like, it's nice. So I want to thank everyone who's been involved and um, who listens. It, it's it's fun. It's like a good, it's a good part of my life. I know that I, I look forward to it. So Aww, it's a good part of my life too. This is <laughs> all so emotional. <laughs> Y'all are too cute. Thank you, Destiny, for sharing this momentous occasion. Aww. Can it happen either other way? Happy year anniversary. <laughs> happy anniversary happy i'm just kidding all right so for for josh and i's podcast anniversary we'd really like to you to leave us with some words of wisdom a couple words of wisdom yeah me yeah whenever you want <laughs> just whatever i want whatever you want to say to us you know something prolific, prolific. okay this is please like really take this to heart in the next years to come in your podcast Mi hoi mi noi noi.